0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, I want to return to a story that we've been covering since we came on air at four o'clock, and Eamon mentioned it in the news headlines there the fact that the Department of Integration has said the state can no longer provide accommodation to all international protection applicants so women and children are the uh, priority but the best they can offer men they say as of now are tents and sleeping bags uh, Tom McEnany is with me uh, Tom is the founder of Effective Aid Ukraine and Richard Boy Barrett People Before Profit, uh, TD, um, for Profit TD for Dunleary. Uh, you're both very welcome Tom uh, as far as you know are, are people coming here from Ukraine impacted by this? As far as
1: I know well the first thing I did this morning once I heard the news uh, Kieran, was made a few calls to people I know who uh, would be close to the department and I Been assured that people from Ukraine are unaffected. As you mentioned, it's single men, it's refugees as opposed to people from Ukraine who would be coming over here under the temporary protection uh, directive. And there are very, very, very few. Uh, men coming out of Ukraine um, a handful of very elderly men but even then it's very very small. Almost all of the people who would be arriving here from Ukraine are women and children. We had 16, we've been helping women and children come to Ireland since the war began. We've helped about 1,200 so far we had 16 two weeks ago Uh, come into Dublin we'll have about 20 in two weeks time and again it's all women and children and Mm. in our case it's women and children from frontline cities whose homes have been bombed or who are at risk of being bombed. Okay so
0: listen that is good news for those people that you are seeking to bring into the country and accommodate. Having said that you'll appreciate and have an understanding maybe of the problems the department faces. Absolutely and I think
1: one of the problems of course is the resistance particularly to men is one of the reasons why there's a, a greater issue with accommodating single men, um, usually coming from war-torn countries. A lot of them are coming from Syria, a lot coming from, from uh, Afghanistan. And a lot of the, there's a resistance across the country to to men being uh, accommodated in, uh, uh, in rural towns. And it's driven by fear. And I, I think it's probably true to say that people are more Fearful of groups of men mm. um, than they are of women and children, and so you don't get the same resistance to Ukrainian um, uh, uh, coming in, coming here temporarily. And um, one of the things that I'm hearing on the street, though, is that the 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 Taoiseach's department obviously has been reacting to some of that resistance. It's got it and its new committee, which a, 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 whose sole job is to coordinate with local communities when centres are being opened up or when centres are being proposed. In, community, in communities and my understanding is it's
0: doing a good job and it's making a big difference but you're still getting quite a bit of resistance across the board. Uh, Richard Boy Barrett I mentioned is with us as well, the People for Profit, uh, TD uh, for Dundere. Richard this has kind of been heralded a few times and the government have managed to stave it off but eventually we find ourselves at this cliff edge um, or having gone over it whereby there is no accommodation as of uh, tonight. Should they have put a better plan in place or is that realistic given the pressures they've been under?
2: No, I I think they should have put a better plan in place. And I mean, I think, first of all, the idea that when you look at the freezing temperatures we're looking at now, that anybody should be left on the streets, uh, whether they're international protection applicants or whether they're uh, Ukrainian refugees or whether they're homeless people is just a shocking failure uh, of government policy. And it's the bitter fruits of their failure to address that wider housing and accommodation crisis, uh, which we have seen, you know, the pretty terrible consequences of running for years now. And that's obviously worse in the context of uh, the challenge of people uh, seeking a refuge or asylum here. But it, it is a failure that I think they could and should have foreseen. And I still think they're not taking the sort of measures necessary, particularly when you come to dealing with uh, the still very, very widespread uh, instance of empty buildings and properties littering Uh, Dublin and many of the other cities that are really shamefully sitting empty when there are people who are potentially going to be sitting out freezing in the cold.
0: Yeah, I guess that brings us to an important distinction between a, a lack of available accommodation and a lack of accommodation, which are kind of two different things. It's a subtle difference, but I guess it's not subtle if you're being handed a sleeping bag in a tent.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, just to get, to give one instance, which uh, really infuriates me, not just because of the current situation, but b- because of, you know, the level of homelessness and now the, the possibility of uh, asylum seekers having to spend nights in the, uh, you know, where they're not safe out on the streets in the freezing cold, is Jury's Hotel is just sitting there empty for, I don't know how many years now, uh, with probably, I don't know, hundreds of rooms certainly just sitting there and indeed there's many other buildings you could list which are sitting there uh, around the city which I cannot for the life of me understand how the government has not long since uh, taken much more mm. robust measures to bring these buildings back into use as well as obviously the more general failure to address the the wider housing crisis. I mean Kieran, it's worth remembering that in the period running up to what was known as the Celtic Tiger, we were building seventy to ninety thousand houses a year, and yet now the government says it's struggling. You know, it's struggling to build thirty thousand. So it's not that we don't have the capacity to provide accommodation. It's just it really. Well, we had the capacity
0: Tiger. in in oh five, oh six, and 07 but we might not have it now. Just because it existed then doesn't mean it exists now. There's not the builders to do it. We couldn't do it tomorrow if we want it.
2: Uh, well, you see, I mean, there's, isn't there, isn't that the irony of the whole situation that we are chronically short of? people in a whole range of areas, whether it's in construction, whether it's in our health service, whether it's in retail, whether it's bus drivers, and actually many of these people who are coming to the country could fill those jobs, and the vast, vast majority who do come here uh, would be very Mm -hmm. happy to contribute and do work when they're given the opportunity, but the government has failed to plan and has failed to act and develop policies which can actually provide for the accommodation and housing needs of the country, and it it, it is a catastrophic political and policy failure to my mind, Uh, that could have been addressed, but they just simply have failed to do it. And to be honest, I think it's because they haven't been willing to take enough uh, robust measures against uh, people who are sitting on empty property and because they've relied too much on the private sector to provide housing and accommodation rather than the state more directly providing that accommodation itself.
0: Uh, uh, Tom McEnany, despite the fact um, that this uh, problem won't impact Ukrainians coming to this country for the moment. I mean, does it worry you that you know, what is the problem facing the asylum seeker today might be the problem facing Ukrainians coming here tomorrow. It, it, it worries me on a number of fronts. I mean, the, the, each of the Ukraine, each of the
1: NGOs that work with Ukrainians in Ireland, and there are about 60 who are a part of the the civil forum um, and who network together. And they have been saying collectively um, for over a year that we need a whole of government response to the situation in relation to Ukrainians. If we need it in relation to Ukrainians, we certainly need that whole of government response as well in relation to other refugees. And so it's not just that we don't have a plan, we don't have the structure in place to allow the departments to plan effectively, I would suggest. And in relation, can I can I throw in something just in yeah. relation to the builders? Because I wrote a column on this for the Sunday Independent um, about two months ago, and there is nobody at government who obviously we are chronically short of builders. Yeah, we're we're about a hundred thousand fewer builders now than the war than there was uh, at the time of the boom. Because during COVID, many of them moved moved abroad, or many of them moved into other sectors. But nobody has a plan for how to attract more builders in. Nobody is. I've I, I suggested that we have special income tax relief and try to attract builders back from Australia to Ireland and, and, and have a, some kind of marketing campaign that I think might work but nobody has a plan. The other thing that I think is critical in relation to homelessness and housing in general is each of the local authorities is a... Uh, uh, housing authority. That's where responsibility for homelessness, that's where responsibility for a, uh, uh, a lot of roles related to refugees lies. And yet we're, we we have no way of judging how effective individual local authorities are. You talk to any politician and they will tell you some local authorities are great and some are terrible. But we have no way of measuring it and we refuse to measure it because it would yeah. be politically difficult.
0: Uh, R- Richard, we've got this acute problem then that we're facing tonight, that people are facing tonight, as I say, uh, being handed sleeping bags intense. tents, you've got a longer term problem as well, which is the fact, and I was talking about this earlier in the context of COP, that, you know, uh, displacement and migration is going to be an issue we're going to have to grapple with for a lot longer, I think, than people realise, you know, with kind of changing patterns of, of of climate, with water scarcity and rising sea levels and everything like that. Uh, how... Pressing is it for this government or the next government or whoever it might be to to deal with this problem and for us to have a kind of a system of asylum that is fit for purpose and that purpose being kind of uh, kind of a changing world.
2: Well, look, there's a lot of elements to to the question. I mean, first of all, it, it, we need far more robust action taken to deal with climate change, and indeed, I would say, with dealing with regimes around the world uh, that. Uh, are brutally repressive that, that lead their populations to actually want to flee in the first place, or indeed, I would argue, you know, the increasing drive towards militarism across the world, for which also, you know, Europe and the United States and Western countries bear a very considerable responsibility in many cases. So let's we should let's absolutely do a hell of a lot more to, to change the policies that are leading to huge numbers of people leaving their their homes, because most people don't want to have to flee their homes, but they are being forced to do it because of failures at an international level. But then, of course, there is that problem of uh, dealing with the, uh, the, the requirement to build on a far greater scale the housing and accommodation we need. And I just repeat that I think the government has left by and large, the provision of housing and accommodation generally to the private sector, and it has simply not been capable of delivering. And we've been arguing for some time that the state itself has to develop construction capacities. And I I agree completely with your contributor, that there should be far, far more effort and energy put into asking the question, how can we increase the number of construction workers through apprenticeships, stop the outflow, the huge numbers of young people who are qualifying in the trades are leaving the country, because of the failure of the government to address the housing crisis. So it it is critical if we're going to keep the people with the skills in the country who can build houses and so on, that we address uh, that crisis. And I also think many of the people who are coming to the country also have those skills. I mean, I was talking to some of uh, people who who are asylum applicants in my area, and the first question they were asking is, how do we get to work? Mm. Uh, Because now now there's a six-month delay, which there shouldn't be in terms of their ability to get work but you know some uh, quite a few of the ones I was talking to were people who actually had construction skills uh, they, so there, you know there's, they, these people can actually contribute to solving the problems of our society but there doesn't seem to be a joined up approach by the government and a, a sufficiently concerted enough approach by the government to, to solve that problem of the housing right. and accommodation crisis
0: Richard Boyd People Before Profit TD Tom McEnany uh, the founder of Effective Aid Ukraine uh, Tom and Richard thank you both very much
2: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Codahy. With Nissan. Weekdays from 4. On News Talk.